observed his star as rising and had come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I also may go and take him on. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having warned, been warned in the dream, not to return to Herod. They left for their own country by another road. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise you, O Christ.
Yeah. 
Will you pray with me? Gracious God, you revealed your mysteries to us. You've made yourself known uh, by the revelation of your Son. In former generations it was hidden, but now you have called us Gentiles to be fellow heirs, recipients of your promise, children of your love. Remain with us, keep us and guard us by this word that you have given us. Guide us by your spirit to be your people, now and always. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, of course, marks the the end of the Christmas season and the beginning of a new one. The day of the Christian year that we call Epiphany. Of course, at Christmas... We give thanks for the birth of Jesus uh, and the fulfillment of God's promises that were made to Israel, that God would provide a Messiah to deliver Israel and bring them into communion with God. Here on Epiphany, and during the season that now follows, we recognize and give thanks for Jesus and that Jesus, the fulfillment of God's promises to the Jews, has been revealed to be not just the salvation of Israel, but of the entire world. For the next few weeks, we will hear stories from the Gospels that illustrate how Jesus of Nazareth is revealed to be God's Messiah and the Savior of creation. The light of Christ was born in Bethlehem, and by the rising and shining of a star, the world first came to know that God has come near to be with us, To live for us. Two years ago, uh, on our trip to the Holy Land, Jenny and I had the opportunity uh, to celebrate Epiphany, uh, Epiphany Mass at St. Catherine's Catholic Church. Uh, Two years ago to today, uh, this Catholic cathedral is, is just next to the Orthodox Church of the Nativity, which is built on top of the place where we believe that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. St. Catherine's 
was a beautiful church. It was very well attended for Mass that day, and it was truly a sight to behold. The, the Church of the Nativity and St. Catherine's are at the edge of what's called Manger Square in Bethlehem. And it's a, it's a large courtyard that's about the size of our church property. The day before, uh, we'd been at the Church of the Nativity. We went down into the, the cave where the stable was. We saw the place that we believe the Word became flesh and began to dwell among us. On Epiphany Sunday, uh, what is also celebrated as the Orthodox Christmas uh, a large Christmas parade that began in Jerusalem ended there in that courtyard as the Orthodox went into the Church of the Nativity to begin worship. So on the 5th of January, when we walked into this courtyard, we had pretty well free access to go wherever we wanted. Uh, but on the 6th, on Orthodox Christmas, on this celebration of Epiphany, we passed through two metal detectors, a full-body pat-down, and more guards with fully automatic rifles than I could count. And that was just to get into the courtyard. Then entering into the church, uh, we also passed through another set of metal detectors uh, and had our bags and our backpacks scanned, uh, much like you would do going through TSA. But when we got into the church and worship began, the priest, the bishop, uh, who was invited to celebrate Mass that day, greeted everyone in English, Celebrating his joy that the people had come together. Reminding us of the reason for this feast of the Epiphany. The Magi came to celebrate, to see, to worship, and to revere the newly born Christ child. In spite of uncertainty, in spite of the world's resistance... To what this new child's birth meant, even at the risk of their own lives. During his greeting, the bishop said to us, The Magi are us, and we are the Magi. We come to see, to understand, to worship Christ. And we gather here to praise God that the light came into the world for all people. Worship that day truly was international. It was a Latin Mass with prayers and the confession and a homily that was delivered in Arabic. Other world languages, English, Spanish, French, German, filled in for the readings and the lessons and the prayers. All nations were represented and all nations gathered in this place to worship the Christ who came to us in the flesh and who dwelt among us. The bishop also stressed that day the importance that everyone who was present was welcome to celebrate the gift of the Eucharist around God's table. Something that many of you are familiar with is not very common in a Catholic church. All people can come to this table to celebrate and give thanks that in Christ, God has come to us and his light is present and given for all people. Jenny remarked throughout the rest of the day that I guess when you have to get patted down and ushered through security surrounded by armed guards just to get to worship, the priests are glad that you're there in the name of Jesus. 
and things like a closed communion table aren't really that important anymore. There were times during the Mass that I got lost. But the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the words of institution were familiar, regardless of the language. And they were all spoken together from a variety of tongues. As we left worship that day and the choir sang the recessional hymn in Latin, Angels We Have Heard on High, every single voice joined into that refrain. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. When I think about what it means to be the church, when I think about what heaven looks like, that is the image that comes into my mind. All people, all creation, gathered together for one purpose. To offer ourselves in worship and in praise to God. With one voice for all eternity. That's what we find in these magi. Who followed a star to see what God was revealing to this world. They wanted to to pay him homage, to, to revere him, to offer him gifts. They wanted to worship him. Magi were traveling religious leaders who made their living trading goods. Goods like gold and frankincense and myrrh. We don't know where they came from. We don't know what their background of faith was. But when they saw the star, they knew that God was doing something in this world that was changing everything. And they were called to be a part of that. And so when they came to Jesus and when they offered their gifts, they weren't just offering items that foreshadowed Jesus and his life, the gold of a king, the frankincense of a priest, the myrrh for a body wrapped for burial. They were offering their livelihood, their means of earning money to survive and thrive, coming to the manger and offering these gifts To the newborn king of Israel, the Christ child, to show that with their entire lives they were dedicating themselves to the worship and the praise of God. These stories show us how the world reacts to what we celebrate in the birth of Jesus. Commentator on Holy Scripture, uh, William Barclay, uh, said this. In Herod, we see all who meet Jesus with contempt, fearful at what this union of sacred and mundane might mean for us. Historically, King Herod was a paranoid ruler. He killed some of his most trusted advisors, even some of his children, because he was suspicious that they were trying to overthrow him and take his power. Of course, when the news comes that a newborn king of Israel is on the scene, Herod doesn't rejoice. He becomes fearful and suspicious and sees this child, this child, as a threat to everything that he is. Herod and the people should be overjoyed that God has given them a Savior. 
that God has provided someone who will take them away from the threat of Roman oppression and give them freedom, the freedom that's promised throughout all of the Old Testament. But instead, they're fearful. Herod chooses to arm himself with layers upon layers of security to find out who it is that has come onto the scene that threatens his power and finding a way, any way he can, to eliminate that threat. Herod's reaction to the news that God's anointed has come into this world shows us how a world that is self-absorbed and consumed with greed responds to the goodness of God's gifts by seeking the death of an innocent in the name of a peace that is born in violence. Barclay continued on to say that in the scribes and in the chief priests, we see those who recognize the signs of things to come, yet remain indifferent. They didn't accompany the Magi on their journey to Bethlehem. They showed up. They answered the question that was given them. And they went back about business as usual, life as they knew it. In these scribes and in these priests, the people who were called, who had studied, who had been trained to look for God's presence in this world. We see a world that is consumed with going about business as usual, appeasing the systems that provide a level of comfort and security. Where the Herods of this world seek to destroy what God is doing. The modern day scribes and, and chief priests that we encounter. Those who ignore Jesus and his teachings and think that his, his birth and his death and his resurrection are inconsequential for us. In these, we see all who refuse to come and worship and praise the newborn king of Israel. We see those who are unmoved and uninterested by what God is doing in this world. But in the Magi, we see those who understand that God has and is doing something in this world that is throwing everything upside down and turning it on its head for the better. In the Magi, we see that people come to Jesus, come to worship, in spite of all the obstacles that the world could throw at us. And yet, however uncertain Jesus' birth was to them, however unfamiliar this Jewish Messiah was to them, however unsettling things might have been as they laid their entire life's future at the foot of this manger, they still came forward, they still offered their gifts, They still worshipped the God who has come near, that we might be drawn to Him. They gave up everything that they were, everything that they had, and paid homage to a child, worshipping the God that we know in Jesus Christ. 
just as Christians continue to do around the world to this day, in the face of apathy or under the threat of death. The Magi are us, and we are the Magi. We come to see, to understand, to worship Christ, and we gather here to praise God that the light of Christ has come into this world for all nations. The light has come, and He is ours. And we don't have to look far to see Him at all. He's here, with us, for us. Be it at work, or at play, or at rest. In all things we do, O oh, come, let us adore Him. Amen.